Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 17, Episode 14, Which Wife is Next? I think we all know the answer to that. Pretty obvious rhetorical question here. Well, we're really shaving down the numbers. We know it's not Robin. So we got either Janelle or Mary, and uh, we don't know where Mary stands. Mary's already gone. But she's also never leaving. Look at me as a dichotomy of contradictions. It always is. Always has been. Always will be. Yeah, what do we think? This was a surprise season finale, I suppose, because we still have the three-part tell-all, of course, because they had such wild success with the one last year. Yeah, thanks, TLC, for not telling anyone that this was the last episode of the season, technically. And then it looks like next week we have part one of the one-on-one. So I guess we're not calling it a tell-all. It's just Sister Wives one-on-one part one. And then part two will be after Christmas. So that'll be on New Year's Day. And then we'll have part three on January 8th. So they're splitting it all up. We're getting curveballs all over the place. It's hard to follow, but we'll be here for all of it. And how can we not talk about what they teased out at the end? Should we hold it? All of you saw it. You're excited. Yeah, we're going to, we'll talk about it when we get to the end there. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for your thoughts and prayers. I have made a miraculous recovery, one that rivals that of Cody Brown himself. The real bounce back. That was good. You want to hit us with that TLC description? Got the TLC description for this one is, while Christine settles into her new life in Utah, the remaining wives and Cody have another tense conversation at Robin's. Janelle feels Cody is making her choose between him and her kids, and they reach a breaking point. You know it's bad when they put a breaking point. So many breaking points, because didn't we have a breaking point last week, too, in the episode description? Did we? I know there was one when Christine left. I'm going to go ahead and just double check, because I'm pretty darn sure that they did schmooze a breaking point as well. Oh, So it wasn't a breaking point. It was big problems with Cody and Janelle bubbling to the surface. Same thing. Same diff. But we did have a breaking point with Christine earlier in the season. But that's not the whole story. We also have to hear the Carly episode rewrite description for this episode. Cody pretends to have PTSD from his near-death experience. Robin gets compared to an ass. Mary reminds everyone she's not leaving. Janelle makes her exit. And there you have it. We do have a few announcements this week. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise? What's the surprise? We have announcements every week, so it's not much of a surprise. Yeah, this is just more so announcing. This is the official segment where the announcements are going to happen. (laughs) Announcing the announcements. 
Maybe we need some cheesy music to go under it. I don't think so. I think we're good. Where do you want to start? We're going to start with the voicemail. We got a couple of good voicemails this week. Yes, let's do the voicemails first. All right. So first up, we have a voicemail from Legal Wife Christy. Hi, Corey and Carly. This is Legal Wife Christy. I have a quick question about Truly. So because Truly speaks as an adult, when she gets her own podcast, what is that going to be called? And what kind of content do you think that it will cover? Thank you. I've given this some thought, and the name I have come up with is Truly Engaging. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you have to have Truly in the name. Yes, it's somewhere. a play on words. And she is a matchmaker. Oh, so it's a double, yeah, engaging. It's a podcast where she does matchmaking. So think like interviewing people, figuring out like what makes them tick, what they're interested in, how good they are at building charcuterie boards, how they express love and affection and then she pairs people up and it helps her work through her own personal daddy issues that's like too good of a show you've already pitched like it's like a legitimate like (laughs) that's too good somebody get truly a podcast sponsorship Uh, well yeah it's truly give us a call or send us an email if you want to start your podcast (laughs) we'll help you put that together I can't top it. I don't have anything else to contribute to that one. Oh, no. Well, did you have your own idea? Or no. you just feel embarrassed to share it now? No, it was, just, you know, you had to have truly in the name, obviously. <laughs> That's what you got to name it. Truly irresistible. Oh, man. <laughs> These are really hitting today. <laughs> truly delicious. And but, but Please don't. <laughs> not, uh, no, too far. Delicious. Thank you, Christy. That was that was a fun one. That was good. Corey needed to exercise his creativity a little bit more. I think I put him to shame. That's okay. That's okay. We got another voicemail, so maybe this one you'll be a little more successful with. This is from a mystery legal wife on the Patreon. Let's listen. Hi, this is a legal wife. And my question is, if we had an episode of Trading Spouses, which wife would you choose to switch with Robin what rules do you think they would install uh, when they get to, like, make the rules? And do you think Robin could survive either Christine's or Janelle's household? Um, and let's go with kind of like Utah, Biggie Healthy, or Las Vegas timeline. Thanks. Bye. This one's easy for me, at least. Well, you know what, Corey? You go first. Oh, boy. Well, so here, how technical are we going to get? Are we talking swapping wives within... Original four. Original four, because technically Christine's not a wife anymore as of this season. Right, but I think we have to go back to thinking about when they had kids in all the households so they could switch and do a wife swap situation. Okay. That's where I'm going with it. I think it would be Janelle and Robin, our polar opposites. So that's the one that the producers would pick for the show. Okay, so what would happen in that episode? Well, you have Janelle's boys who are running wild and just completely overwhelming Robin at every turn. Beating the shit out of each other. She has no idea how to deal with this. Using swear words like pest. Yeah, Maddie would be cussing at her, and then all the boys are doing physical violence to one another. (laughs) She doesn't know what to do with that. Okay, that's dark. What's going on at Robin's house in the meantime? Janelle's trying to figure out why everyone's crying. (laughs) And they just keep explaining it's because they miss Mother so much. Janelle trying to comfort them, but not understanding how to engage with these emotions. Yeah, she'd just be like, okay, well, I got to go to work. So maybe we could talk about that later. Think about it. Who would you swap? I would swap Christine and Robin because this would be so much fun. I feel like when Christine comes to Robin's house, it would turn into an absolute Mrs. Doubtfire situation. The beginning of the movie, if we're going to be specific. Where they're throwing the house party. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, oh, it wasn't, uh, it wouldn't be Robin dressing up, like <laughs> getting the full bodysuit and the mask and everything. <laughs> and pretending to be someone else so the kids will actually listen to her. Maybe later. <laughs> Give it some time. I think there's like petting animals. <laughs> Whoa. Some heavy petting that was going on. There's a, there's a petting zoo in the house. Christine has gotten rid of all the rules. It's a constant party. The kids are allowed to eat whole bowls of cereal instead of just little scoops. You can have as much cheddar cheese as you want on top of your spaghetti and ragu sauce. <laughs> no, I don't think Christine commits that culinary sin. Cheddar cheese on pasta. Yeah, that's my dream episode of Wife Swap. 
Oh, and over at Christine's house, it's just very quiet because Robin doesn't actually know how to take care of children. Actually, truly is annoying her constantly. I would argue that truly is terrifying Robin with all of her witchcraft books. (laughs) Yeah, it's too much. And the t-shirts, the whole aesthetic is yucky for Robin. It's very witchy, yucky energy. Mm -hmm. She doesn't trust it. It's a bad vibe. It's not Christian. It's not Christian. So it is a very Trading Spouses episode, which would culminate with Robin having a complete meltdown. Yes, I love it. This is what I want to see. Bring it to reality TV. All right, well, we put it out there in the universe, maybe. A lot of the other shit that we've made up on the podcast has somehow made it onto the show, so <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. Thank you again for these voicemails. We've got another one next week that's very fun and Christmas-themed, so stay tuned. But if you want to join us in the virtual cul-de-sac over on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash survivingpod, where you can find all of our recaps of seasons one through nine. And remember that every dollar you pledge just makes us a little bit more successful than my sister wife's closet. Huge thanks to all of our patrons out there, except for the basement wife tier. We start off this episode with everyone doing something we never expect, which is heading over to Mary's house. Yeah, and by everybody, we mean Janelle, Robin, and Cody now, because Christine is not a member of this family. (laughs) The last one standing. Although that makes it sound like they've defeated her in some way, and it's really the opposite way around. Yeah. So I think the original plan of this meeting was that Janelle was going to be showing her plans for the property. Remember Coyote Pass? That little plot of land that we happen to have out here in the middle of nowhere. Look at that mountain. But nobody cares about that. We just want to talk shit about Christine leaving because we actually haven't met up since our last conversation So Christine left in early September, so that conversation probably took place in very late August. And now this is the week before Thanksgiving? In a couple months. They do not get together. They do not check in or catch up on anything else. Well, in Cody's defense, he had COVID and almost died. Right, so that took a solid week out of that two-month span. It's so weird. Everybody's walking in and he's like, I'm good. I'm six feet over instead of six feet under. I'm living and breathing. Like, okay. It took his strength. It sapped him of his energy and his sunny disposition that we learned about last episode. All I thought was, damn, you know, Janelle got real close to collecting on that life insurance policy. That's why she wanted to make sure everything was all up to date. (laughs) Then he makes a comment about how people who weren't as sick, like people who only got COVID for three days or only lost their sense of smell, a.k.a. Gabe... And Janelle. And Janelle just don't know what he went through. No idea what I've been through dealing with this. A fever of 99.8. Crippling. <laughs> My God. Ah, But yeah, let's go ahead and reassess what's going on with the land. So we do have these four adults. There's only four of us now. Are we still doing the five plot thing? Because that seems like it would be weird. But of course, Cody still wants five plots because rental property, duh. It'd be stupid not to. No, it it is stupid when you don't have the money to pay off all the lots so that you could rezone them into five lots. And also when you don't have the money to build a fifth house, that's when it's stupid. Yep. So it's it's (laughs) stupid. Then Janelle's telling us that Cody keeps getting annoyed because she's asking, so, hey, are we going to pay off the lots so I could start building? And she just knows the family's not going to prioritize this, but it's her job to still push for this because this is her dream. It's not going to happen if she just sits back and waits for everybody because they're not going to step up and do it. No, and it seems like they're about to throw roadblocks in the way because although this conversation was intended to be about Coyote Pass, Robin opens her big mouth and changes the topic to Christine leaving. So now we have officially derailed the conversation because we are not going to be talking about the land. We're not going to be talking about plots. Robin just wants to talk about how detrimental it's been having Christine leaving. And Cody opens that up right away. It's not taboo. We could talk about that. That's fine. Who wants to bash Christine? Because I'm ready for it. If that's what you mean by talk about it, I'm all about it. Janelle looks pissed. She will not even look at Robin in this conversation for the entirety of this scene. She never looks to her right and makes eye contact with Robin. And that's while Robin's like, we need to talk more as a family. There's a real lack of communication in the family system. 
She says something about how she wants to have better relationships with everyone, which is like, a.k.a. Janelle, because she has a good relationship with Cody. She thinks she has a good one with Mary. Actually, the phrasing on that, it wasn't that she wants to have better relationships with people moving forward. It's that her next phase of life needs to be better. Not meaning that oh, it's she, she's been victimized. Yeah, not that she needs to improve or she needs to be better. It's just things need to happen to her better than this last phase of life. You know what? I think that the last phase of life worked out pretty well for you, Robin, given you live in a million dollar home and you haven't had a job since you joined this family. But I guess they're still lying to themselves, saying that they're a big happy family. They don't want to keep sweeping stuff under the rug. They want to be more honest. Those are all their goals moving forward. But Janelle's like, you know, I'm pretty good at where I'm at. With Christine leaving, I don't need to process any emotions here. But she clearly doesn't realize that Mary, Cody, and Robin are basically emotionally inept. And she needs to be more mindful of that because we're going to need a lot of time to talk through this and process this. Right. We need to let these three emotionally immature people figure it out while she just stares a whole into oblivion because <laughs> she cannot stand to listen to them talk about this anymore. Because then I love how they were talking about they need to be more direct, they need to be more honest, open. And then Robin keeps talking about wanting better relationships with everyone. She keeps making general blanket statements like that, but she literally means Janelle. She wants more honesty, but she doesn't want more direct communication. Right. That's what irritates me. I feel like that's passive aggressive, in my opinion, where you're just going to direct a question to a full group of people when it's very clearly meant for one person. Just directly ask the question. Again, this is how Robin got herself into the issue with Christine of not understanding the question about if she wanted to have a relationship with her children because she asked it indirectly. So I'm glad to see Robin, the expert at communication, has really made progress in that area. And now Robin's not content with just derailing this communication, this conversation here. She wants to take a few steps back in the conversation as well. Let's talk Biggie Housey. Okay. When she brought this up, I was like, oh, okay. We're fully trying to confuse everyone and stop Janelle from being able to make any progress on building a house. Because now we're going all the way back to the one house conversation. I was worried that we were going to backtrack to the plot conversation, which that was where Mary started. So I was already a little bit nervous, but now we're going even further back. Not even the separation of the land. Are we building one big house or are we building individual houses? Right. Because now that Christine left and she was the biggest opponent of living in one house altogether, it's out there again. Because if you remember correctly, Janelle was into it. Christine was the only one who was against it because Robin and Mary, they were just being really vague about their intentions. Well, Robin gets asked directly, what do you think about the house situation? Because she really didn't give an opinion the last time. And she's the one bringing it up again for some reason. So what are your thoughts on this? Robin doesn't want one big house because she doesn't want to live with all these shitty people who are mean to her the past year and a half. Again, here we go. So Robin's been treated poorly by the entire family. So she can't imagine living in a house with people who've treated her that way. It's been so hard for Robin. You have no idea. Like at every turn, this conversation got worse for Janelle. So it started out with, Let's talk about Christine, something she does not want to talk about. Let's talk about Coyote Pass. Then let's talk about the Biggie Housie. Now let's talk about COVID and how it affected our family. All the topics that have not been working out very well in Janelle's favor in the past few episodes. But then Cody takes a weird stance here because then he starts chiming in about how he's assuming that nobody wanted to be a part of this polygamist family. And now that it is derailing with Christine leaving and stuff... She's gone and we're bummed out that we didn't have that system, but it was all a lie to begin with anyway. And it was like, what? Huh? He's been busy rewriting history. It's very hard to keep up with him. I, yeah, it was, I was at a loss for this one. I couldn't track what his intentions were or what his takeaways were supposed to be for this one. Well, Robin's driving this conversation. So what she claims she wants to talk about is all the stuff that COVID revealed. How are they going to work on that? How are they going to fix things? And then the tears start because, of course, it's Robin. And she says Christine leaving put her in a really dark spot, which is just kind of hilarious that out of everyone, this has really affected Robin. More than anybody because she's had to deal with Cody the most. I did like that in this episode, we're continuing to have Janelle spill the tea when she's on the couch because she mentions that for years, she's been hearing secondhand stories from Cody about how terribly Christine was treating Robin. 
Which is interesting because apparently Robin was going back and telling Cody that this is the stuff that's been happening. This is how I'm being treated unfairly. And Robin acts like all of that's never happened. Yeah, it was interesting how Cody was actively trying to convince Janelle that Christine is a horrible sister wife and has been for such a long time. And Janelle's like, I'm not buying that because I know Christine. But good try. Thanks anyway. Mary gets set off by the whole conversation from Cody about like, maybe we all didn't really want this. Maybe we really weren't what we were trying to be all of those years. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How about you don't speak for everyone, Cody? I thought that was nice to see Mary step up for a minute here. For a minute. Mary has been very disappointing when she's in person, in conversations, but she's been bringing it a little bit when she's on the couch. And this is when she tells us that there are some disturbing parallels that she started to notice between the way Cody treated her and also the way he was treating Christine leading up to the divorce. But what irritated her the most, because Mary's a petty bitch, is that Cody wanted to work things out with Christine, despite all that, but he didn't want to work things out with her. Ah, yeah. So that is where it hurts, because it sounds familiar. A lot of the reasonings, a lot of the communication that's going on revolving around that, but she just doesn't seem worth it, apparently. And that's hurtful. It hurts. Cuts her deep. But she's not leaving. But she's not going anywhere. She's just waiting for the day for Cody to run out of options (laughs) and turn back to Mary. (laughs) That day's got to be coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) And here's where Robin, who they've been trying to convince us is not the head of the family, now demands a commitment from everybody. What's it going to take to get you into a relationship with Cody today? (laughs) Like she's selling a (laughs) timeshare. Well, well, the other... The other parallel that came to mind as well, too, was Donnie Darko, of course. (laughs) Sometimes I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. (laughs) Because Robin is Mrs. Farmer in Donnie Darko. Well, this is obviously directed at Janelle again, right? Because Mary pops off. She's like, look, bitch, Robin, you know that I've had many of these conversations with you about where I stand and the fact that I am here and I am ready to hop back into bed at any point that Cody calls me in. Mary pledges her unwavering fidelis levels of devotion. How dare you even question? Mary, you're not picking up on what's going on here. She wasn't questioning you. It was Janelle. Yeah, we're being vague. We're not being direct. I'm generally posing the question, which again, you're not only not getting a response from the person that you're actually trying to ask because you want Janelle to recommit to the family. You're also upsetting Mary simultaneously because you're undermining everything that she's already established with you previously by questioning her again. The best part about this interaction is that Robin didn't have a pre-thought-out response when Mary said that because she didn't intend the question for her. So there's just silence after Mary says that. Because she's still waiting for Janelle to answer. And Robin loves that Mary wants to work things out as a family, but she doesn't want to say anything to feed into that. Okay, though, she said that with such little enthusiasm. I love that Mary wants to work on things. I'm very thrilled that (laughs) she wants to do this. Um, I just don't want to say anything to encourage her to think that it's possible. And then, Mary, if you're watching this, I mean, the next thing is Cody saying he realizes that Mary's trying to support him here, but he still doesn't want to be with her. He doesn't give a shit. Sorry. It's too late. If a common enemy cannot reunite them, it is not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's what every relationship needs. So if you can't even make it happen there, I don't know. But now we got to worry about Janelle. She's being forced to choose between her kids and this little group of weirdos. And she doesn't like that. Robin doesn't get why, though. Why do you you feel like you have to choose? Well, probably because Cody literally told my sons that they can't come to Christmas without a big apology for everything during COVID. I'd say that that's probably top of the list. And it's not just Gabe and Garrison who have an issue here. It's a lot more of the children than that. Janelle has to remind and point this out. Gabe and Garrison are not the only ones that have a problem. And I feel like that even caught Robin by surprise because she's like, you have other kids besides (laughs) Gabe and Garrison? When did this happen, Janelle? (laughs) Robin's upset because she's only been drilling it into Cody's head that Gabe and Garrison are the problem. And if she knew there were other ones behind the scenes who were talking shit about her, she would have worked on them as well. Yeah, she would have spread that blame all over the place, everywhere that it needed to go. 
Now Cody's concerned because the rumor mill, it's out there. And it sounds like they're talking behind his back. And there are a lot more people involved than he thought. The paranoia returns. And why don't we talk about this, Janelle? That's Cody's stance, right? And it's like, well, you're never around. So it's hard to bring it up. And your adult children can't just blindly respect you and obey you because they're not 12 anymore. That's not going to work for Cody. I live for this moment where Janelle tells us that Robin's playing dumb and she's really irritated by this because it's not like a thing that she just started doing today. This has been going on for a real long time and she doesn't understand why she's acting like she knows nothing about this apology that was requested because Cody's got a big fat mouth and he leaks like a sieve. Cody runs his mouth. And let's be honest, Robin playing dumb, that's not an Oscar-worthy performance that's going on. (laughs) She was like, me? Who? She doesn't need to try too hard to play dumb, I don't think. But that's what's so brutal about Robin is she's so incredibly manipulative, but she doesn't even realize how manipulative she is. She's so stupid, she doesn't realize that she's manipulative. She's just dumb enough because then she thinks that she's innocent and everything. It's like, no, 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 no. You're doing things that are impacting all of this stuff, and it's not good. But she doesn't even realize the effect that she's having on things. She doesn't realize that she started a civil war. Clueless. That's what Cody says the family's at. They're in a civil war right now. So this man has had a near-death experience. His family is in the midst of a war. Whose side are you on, Janelle? I don't want you to pick sides, but I need to know which side you're on. (laughs) I literally made that joke two episodes ago. (laughs) Three episodes ago, and it happened. Now, Janelle's like, look, I really just want to choose my kids and be done with it because this is too much. The stupidity at this point beyond anything we've seen before. But Robin is continuing to push for some kind of resolution. Well, yeah, she has to handle Cody like a toddler and only present two options to him. (laughs) One that sounds kind of good and then one that sounds even better and have him pick like a big boy so then he tells us robin's the only good communicator in the family which we know has been his stance he thinks robin is amazing at communication and he pays her a little compliment by comparing her to a donkey who circles around a problem until she gets to the bottom of it circle the donkey i'm not familiar with the term i tried to google it nothing came up not surprising i've heard circling the drain which this family is on the cusp of different though but nothing about circling a donkey from what i could tell but from cody's lexicon it's a compliment so just we'll leave it at that i agree with you we get more crying now because robin wants everyone else to understand how hard it is to be a plural wife when your husband's going through a divorce because mary and janelle don't understand that they just don't understand what it's like to be her Even Mary looks annoyed this time. Oh, gosh. Mary looks like she's just waiting to speak to the manager at this point. She is zoned out. She's got her Karen hair on. (laughs) And she's just running over the lines, all the things that she wishes she could say. She's running it on repeat in her mind right now. Can we talk about what this is really about, though? Because Robin's making excuses for Cody, right? That he's treating them shitty because they're women. And Christine's a woman. And he's mad at women right now because he's being divorced by a woman. Yeah, and monogamists don't have to deal with this because normally when you get divorced, then the guy just goes and does whatever he wants and deals with it his own way. But now Cody's still married and he hates all women. So that includes his three other wives, two and a half, one and one and a quarter. He already hated one of them, so <laughs> we, can, we can eliminate Mary. I think he has a lot of animosity towards Janelle. So is it really that different than his baseline? I don't know. Well, the point that Robin's trying to make is that divorce is harder for polygamist wives, such as her, obviously. Than regular women, right? In a monogamous relationship. But Cody has to remind us, plural marriage isn't all beer and Skittles, because he's on a roll in this segment with just making up phrases. Beer and Skittles. That doesn't even go together. Those are two things I don't like. That doesn't even go together. No. I would imagine they don't go together. It would just be dumping sugar packets into beer. (laughs) Disgusting. That would be terrible. Don't do that. Well, he's not going to mansplain the burden 
that plural husbands hold. So Yeah, mostly because he doesn't understand what he's talking about either. And I don't choose to fully explain that to you at this time because I don't understand it myself. Oh, he does the Michael Scott thing where he starts a sentence and he doesn't know where it's going to end up. And then he just stops talking about it. I'm, I'm not going to mansplain it to you, though, because you're just going to have to catch up on your own, <laughs> figure out where that sentence was going. That's going to take a whole case of beer and Skittles to get through. <laughs> Janelle is so fucking over it. She says she's got to leave to pick Savannah up, but then she stays a little longer to show everyone her house plans because that was the whole point of this meeting today. Well, I guess, okay, yeah, if you guys want to talk about my house plans, then I can stay a couple minutes. I told Savannah I was going to be late anyway because you guys started blabbering on and I texted her to let her know I'm probably going to be a little bit late. But if you have a couple minutes, I'll just unroll my handy dandy blueprints right here. We can go through them. I like that Savannah was her excuse to get out of this conversation because I don't think she really had to pick her up at a certain time. <laughs> <laughs> so what does this turn into? It turns into a weird episode of House Hunters with slightly more sinister overtones. Cody doesn't like that now the mood has shifted. He liked the dramatic conversation that was happening. He liked that Robin was crying and getting upset and talking about the turmoil of polygamous divorce. He doesn't like this other direction that the band is going in now. Well, he's upset because they were starting to talk about how this all has affected Cody and his feelings and how he's being made out to be the bad guy when he's really just trying to deal with his emotions. And it's difficult for Robin. And we know that he loves to come to Robin's aid at any time that he can. And nobody wanted to talk about that. So he's upset about the fact that everybody just glazed over it and moved on. I wish we would finish this tough conversation that we started, but now we're just going to sweep it under the rug and move on. Exactly what we were talking about not doing anymore about five minutes ago. So A for effort. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's a new day, and we find out Janelle has moved off the property when Cody had COVID, and now she's living in an apartment. And Cody's still probably got some long COVID stuff going on. He's just coughing his way down the driveway. He's lugging his big blue interview shirt straight from the hangar outside Robin's closet door that we saw last week on the trick-or-treat excursion. He's got some short-term memory problems because he thinks that Janelle moved during COVID when he was sick, but he's not really sure. I don't remember. If we're being honest, I don't recall. But it's just a mess. There's more room than the trailer, obviously, but they have filled that with stuff. So they probably cleared out a storage unit or two, I'm assuming, because maybe rent ended up being more feasible than a few different storage units. And also you get, you know, little luxuries like water and heat and electricity. <laughs> so they're hoping it's more comfortable for Cody. But... He gets in here. The first thing that happens when he walks in is he makes a comment to Savannah because she didn't instantly jump up and give him a hug. Because you know what Robin's kids would have done. Run to the front door and uh, stomped and waved their hands and screamed and gave him hugs and kisses like they were four years old. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Savannah's looking at it. She's like, look, this is the first time I've seen him. Since he had COVID, not much of a difference, if we're being honest. He doesn't really live here. He just sort of swings by for visits and then just kind of leaves. So those visits were getting less and less frequent because he didn't like the RV and he didn't come out to go out of his way to come see us there. But Savannah is still holding out hope that maybe that'll change since they're in the rental now. Maybe. It made me really sad because this reminded me of Isabel making excuses for Cody when he wouldn't come to her surgery. I'm like, guys, he's just kind of a shitty dad. It's He's picked one 
crew to stick with. Unfortunately, that's the truth of the matter. Okay, so this apartment has more room than the RV, but it's not really up to the standard, the very high standard of the Shira Chateau. Right, yeah, because Cody is just an afterthought. Janelle came out as a single woman, rented this apartment without Cody's approval or input because he was on death's door with COVID that whole week. Just another way she betrayed him. Yes. So how else can we not forgive Janelle for this? She chose nightstands that are too low for Cody's reading. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, I'm about to buy you a bookmark with a light on it. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Get a headlamp. (laughs) You know, the one with the little, it looks like you look like a deep sea fish with the little (laughs) light out in front. That's what he needs. Maybe Robin can find it on an infomercial. Oh, yeah. You'd think she'd. She's got the QVC number on speed dial. (laughs) Now, after this long day of showing Cody around the very small apartment, they're hungry, so they decide they're going to go out and get some food. Cody's living the post-COVID life, so he's comfortable with going out to a restaurant again now. Yeah, he's working on picking up a couple variants while he's out. This was weird, because now we shift gears, because I guess they have to have Christine have some sort of appearance in this episode. (laughs) They were like, oh, man, we got a bunch of shit when we didn't include Mary in the last episode, that one season at all. She just (laughs) was not in it. I think that was 14. She was in the second to last episode and she wasn't in the last one at all. And everybody was like, that was it? That was the finale? I don't think people cared that much. Oh, not back then. Yeah, that was season 14. We were bottom of the barrel. I just mean generally people don't care that much when Mary's absent. Oh, that too. Yeah. (laughs) So we got to check in with Christine though. So Christine's got her rental in Utah. It's so nice outside. So this cannot be proper timeline here because they're trying to pitch this. They're trying to say that this is two months in to moving into Utah. No way. This has got to be like Labor Day, maybe when she first got there in September. Yeah. We got to talk about the timeline situation because this is the second time that they have attempted to deceive us and they almost got away with it last week, but we have... Eagle-eyed viewers who pointed out that when Truly came for her visit in the last episode, there was a a chalk. What would you call it? A chalk, not an outline. Oh, <laughs> different. A chalk message to Cody that said "Happy Father's Day." So between that and the very Americana decor and the watermelon that was on the floor in the kitchen, we're going to assume this was sometime between Father's Day and Fourth of July which means that visit took place before Christine ever moved. Yet they presented it to us as though it took place after she moved. And I like that this is our second time that we've used agriculture to catch them in a storyline facade (laughs) because this is like the infamous hashtag tomato gate that we went through with Janelle that they were trying to pose to us as well (laughs) during quarantine. That was some deep research. That was some good stuff. Looking up the growing zones. (laughs) Yeah, well, because I wasn't sure. It's a different climate. Had to make sure. But yeah, last week's episode with Truly. So, I mean, maybe they were trying to shoehorn this in. I don't think that Truly has been back there since they moved because she would have moved away. They came back for that one visit where she stayed with Janelle for some reason. Either that was while Cody's house had COVID. That might have been it. Or they just didn't invite her over, which, I mean, really, that's a 50-50 toss-up. Yeah, I don't want to give them too much credit, but I will give them that out where maybe the house was full of COVID at that time. So, yeah, don't send truly there. So anyway, this is likely sometime in September that they're grilling out. It's too nice. It's so nice. But Christine is talking about how she dreads going back to Flagstaff. They left on bad terms. There's a rough conversation. There was screaming. There was the awkward goodbye. Right. So even though she promised that she would come back and visit... You know, after doing that once and driving up the road and seeing that mountain again, it just, every time she goes there, it brings back bad memories. So she's not really so thrilled about having to go back there often. But she doesn't want to withhold the kids or anything like that, too. So she's kind of in a struggle point here. The other thing is that Christine is realizing what Robin's interpretation of their last conversation was, meaning that there's this chasm between Robin and Christine and Robin's kids And the only way to build that bridge back is through Robin. But Christine also can't heal while going back into the past. So now there's this whole crossroads situation where she doesn't know what to do. I wouldn't risk this personally because I feel like Robin is a manipulative person. And I would worry that my children are going to suffer because of any fallout from an attempt to build a bridge with Robin. I would just avoid her entirely moving forward. Not a good look. 
So thanks a lot. That was the whole segment with Christine. That was it. That was the last installment for Christine in season 17. Meanwhile, back at Robin's Mansion exterior day, we're having a fire pit chat with Cody. He's got his leather jacket on. He's got his moving gloves. (laughs) He's ready to talk business. And everyone's here. We got the whole crew. We got Mary. We got Janelle. We got Robin. How you doing? I'm living. Because remember, he's a survivor. Okay. Did you see the screenshot of what appeared to be Saul trying to escape the Shira Chateau in the background? No, I did not. (laughs) What was that? Because that door that's in back of them is the door to Robin's closet. And there's a curtain there normally. And he was trying to like peek out and escape. Well, he probably heard all the yelling. He was wondering what the commotion was all about. Maybe, yeah. He had his hands up. Like, it was very dramatic. I'll have to go back and watch the scene again. (laughs) Gotta look for him. It happens sometime during this conversation. So what are we talking about today? We already talked about our big topics. Last conversation, we had Coyote Pass. We had Biggie Housie. We had Mudslinging Christine. What are we talking about this time? Holidays, of course. They're upon us. Thanksgiving is a week away. Just in the nick of time, man. (laughs) So Thanksgiving is a week away, so let's make some plans. What? (laughs) You guys don't have anything planned out? It's a week before. (laughs) You guys are the type of family that needs to know what size turkey you're buying. There's there's 20 people in the family if you're going to try and have everybody all in one place. I mean, granted, you're probably not going to get everybody all in one place, but you should probably know. Well, Janelle knows she went ahead and made her own plans. She is going to North Carolina to be with Maddie and Caleb for Thanksgiving. Christmas, she'll be here in Flagstaff, but Thanksgiving, she's spoken for. She's already going to be in North Carolina. Turns out for Christmas, there's already talks and rumblings of some of her kids, not even some of her kids, all of Janelle's kids will be here in Flagstaff as well, too. But here's the caveat. They're going to be staying at an Airbnb because they're not welcome at Cody and Robin's house. Robin's face. Did you see it? (laughs) I wish that we had a visual so you could see Corey's face. Oh, she hit us with the shifty eyes. (laughs) Cody is pissed because he didn't say that they needed to apologize to him. So he doesn't understand why they feel unwelcome. Oh, and he never said they weren't welcome. I mean, they're not welcome, but he never said that they weren't welcome. Look, this is the problem. Cody doesn't want to sit around like a bunch of alcoholics who had a fight the night before and forgot that it happened. No, Cody just wants to have a conversation. He wants to clear the air and, again, communicate, right? I think everybody would, like, be pretty okay with forgetting everything. Like, if that just was the way it was, if everybody got drunk, forgot COVID happened, I think we'd all be okay with that, to be honest. Well, this is where I just don't understand where Cody's coming from, because if he wants to have a conversation, I get he had his... Hard term beforehand was, I need an apology from Gabe and Garrison, particularly Garrison. And not just to him, but to Robin also. So that's like two apologies. Right. And that was his hard line. That was his hard stance. But now he's even doubled back where he's saying, look, I just want to have a conversation. Then why don't you call them? Pick up the phone if you just want to talk with them because he doesn't actually want that. He's lying. That's not what he wants. He doesn't want a conversation. He still wants the apology. But Robin presented him with two choices, the one where either they apologize or never talk again, or the one where they reconcile. And he said, "Mm, reconcile, because that's the right answer that Robin wanted to hear. And she went, yes, good boy. She literally said, right. And pat him on the head, and he made the right decision there. So that's not what he actually wants, though. He still wants the apology, but he doesn't want to have to ask them directly for the apologies. Right. I wish that they would have asked Cody, so how would this phone call go If you envisioned it like going ideally the best way possible, how would that work? Or even, yeah, just the conversation that he's talking about. If they want to come and get together for the holidays, what would that look like? And how would that conversation start? Because this is what he wants, right? Gabe and Garrison call him because he's not going to call them because he feels like that's some type of admission of guilt. Unless he's on death's door with COVID and he needs some quick facts about COVID. Right. Also, the nerve to ask Gabe to call you after you just forgot his birthday a few weeks ago? Fuck you. And called him on his birthday for COVID advice and nothing more. No, he wants the kids to call him and then he wants them to apologize to him at some point in the conversation. And he wants to take zero accountability for anything that he did. Then he wants to move on and pretend like nothing happened. Right, because he can't call them because it would just be him calling them answering and then there'd be a lot of silence 
because Cody has nothing to own up to himself. Right. He doesn't want to take any responsibility and he's not going to. Doesn't plan on it. So he's making it Janelle's problem. You're going to have to facilitate this conversation for me. You need to tell your kids to call and apologize to me. And he's still kind of vaguely roundabout way telling Janelle that this needs to happen. Because then this is where Janelle lets him know, well, everybody's coming for Christmas. So this is all news to Cody. He's dropping bomb after bomb. (laughs) But this is just typical Janelle behavior, according to Cody, keeping him in the dark so he has no idea what's going on. How about the fact that you don't ask? It's the week before Thanksgiving, and you didn't care where she was going for Thanksgiving, clearly. And so they went ahead and made holiday plans, all the plans, because we're like, what, a month out now? It's just brutal the way where Janelle's like, well, I can't keep up because you were so dug in about the fact that you needed an apology. That is what I told them. And so they said, fuck it. We're not going to dad's then. We'll do our own. I think she doesn't want to tell him that the kids don't want to have a relationship with him at all anymore. They don't want to have a conversation at all. They're done with him. Well, this is where Cody, it's like he flips and flops all the time and you don't know what he's serious about because he'll make a decision and then that's the decision for the day. And then tomorrow it's something else completely different. But then he didn't notify you that it changed. So Janelle was still moving forward with, this is what I took as how we were moving forward with the situation. It's fine if that's not the case, but call your kids and tell them that. Stop putting me in the middle of it. Oh man, yeah, because now Cody gets suspicious that, just a little suspicious, (laughs) that Janelle is pitting the kids his adult children with Janelle, against him. Janelle is conspiring against him. Well, it used to be Christine who was the one who was doing that, but now it's Janelle because she's the new scapegoat of the family. Yeah, and if communication is going so bad through Janelle, why don't you call them and talk to them directly again? Because that's not the plan. He still needs them to call and apologize to him first before he can reach out. Janelle's not done, though. So she's already shared she's... Not going to be around for Thanksgiving. Everyone's getting together for Christmas. All her kids. They've rented an Airbnb because they don't feel welcome at Cody's house because he asked for an apology that he now claims he didn't. Uh, Actually, Christine is also going to be coming to stay at this vacation rental. And she's bringing Isabel and Truly with her to visit for the holidays. And that's exactly what Cody was afraid of. If the family has to pick between holidays with Christine and Janelle or... Cody, Robin, and Mary, they're always going to pick Christine and Janelle. Okay, but there were already problems. That's what he's ignoring. This isn't like everything's good and the whole family gets along and now everyone's going to pick sides to go hang out with Christine because she's more fun. Everybody hates you because of all the things that have been occurring and the fact that you haven't made an effort to repair those relationships and they're going to go spend time with the people that they enjoy being around and who want them around. So then Cody has to throw it out to the peanut gallery here. Am I the only one who sees this as a betrayal? And nobody says anything. Robin and Mary just, oh, they're just shocked, silent. (laughs) But you know that they're like, yeah, you're probably the only one who sees it as a betrayal. That's true. Now he's getting more mad because I guess the thing that's really setting him off is they picked a neutral place for everyone to get together when this is his house. This one, just this one. You know, Robin's house is his house. My house. Our house. And no one's coming to my house. Obviously, this is because he wants to exclude Christine because he's not going to invite Christine to his house, right? That's what the problem is. He doesn't understand how divorce can work because you can be amicable, but Cody just doesn't want to leave his house. And he's upset that Christine isn't being excluded as a show of solidarity by everyone else in the family to show and prove that they're on his side. So now Cody's all upset and he's still looking for reinforcements, which I don't know how he's going to, because Mary's still listed as optional participant on all of these calendar invites. (laughs) Mary has been saying nothing up to this point because she's like, can someone just tell me if we're getting together or not? Because I have a cruise in my cart right now and I might go do that if we're not going to have Thanksgiving together. (laughs) Do I need to thaw a turkey? What am I doing? (laughs) Do I need to thaw a Rice Krispie turkey? (laughs) (laughs) Rice Krispie turkey specifically. (laughs) But yeah, he's just looking to Mary and Robin to pile it on and box out Janelle. So here comes Mary to the rescue. She's like, well, I mean, from the conversation that we had the last time we got together, I thought it was pretty clear that you were not expecting an apology anymore. 
Reconciliation was the goal. That was the the right choice that you made from Robin's options that she proposed to you. But then also Mary secretly agrees with Janelle saying that, yeah, if I had to pick between all my kids coming into town or going with Cody, I'd go with all my kids too. But she won't voice that out loud here. No, she only says that when she's on the couch because she's a coward. You got to be safe. Now Cody tells Janelle, look, don't communicate to my children for me anymore. That is literally what you've been asking her to do this whole time. The entirety of COVID, you have been forcing Janelle in the middle of your communication with your adult children. Well, and she's been saying, don't put me in the middle anymore. Talk to them directly. But now he's he's phrasing it like it's supposed to be an insult to her that he's cutting her out of this process. Janelle knows the same thing that we know, right? That Cody wants him to call so that then he can still get an apology out of them. And this whole conversation's continuing to spiral because now he tries to blame her for the situation with the kids. She didn't attempt to reinforce his COVID rules. And in fact, she belittled him to the kids. And that's why they didn't listen. Janelle has to take this moment to remind Cody here, we did not have any COVID rules from March to November. You handed out those rules right before Thanksgiving last year. So there were no COVID rules that I was breaking. I was following the CDC guidelines. I was wearing a mask. I was doing all of those things and taking those considerations. She had COVID in January. Well, I think what's interesting is to compare the timelines, right? Because this is being filmed in November 2021. And all of the previews for season 16 were starting at this time, right before Thanksgiving. So he's probably seeing the teasers that they had thrown out there where Janelle was talking some shit about the COVID rules. Reading through them sarcastically as Cody's 3,000 COVID rules. Yeah, so that's probably not helping this conversation. (laughs) But then he straight up tells her she's lying, that she had those rules longer than that. Which is ridiculous because we saw when they were handed out and we know when that took place. So a little bit ridiculous. But Cody is just all worked up because he spent the last 18 months being persecuted by his entire family. Zero respect. The worst criticisms. And he had a near-death experience with COVID. Again, all the more reason to throw caution to the wind now, huh? Yeah, he's screaming. This is like a knife in the kidneys part two type bit that he's having. Oh, he's going into a, a tantrum because, again, he's a toddler and needs to be handled as such. And so Janelle is grabbing her purse and is getting ready to leave at this point because she's not going to feed into this. No, she's tired of it. He's saying things like, basically, what if one of the tender day children had gotten as sick as I had gotten? And she's just like, this is the same old, same old. I'm listening to this shit every time we get together. And so then Robin sees her go to grab her purse and is like, no, no, stay. Listen to Cody. Let Cody yell at you. He's not. Yeah, there's no communication here. It's just berating. There's not anything that's being constructive that's being handled here at all. So what's the point? He even tops it off with blaming Christine left because of this. Wrong. Again. (laughs) It was not because of COVID. The part that was so clear to me, this would have been the point where I wouldn't need to hear anything else, was when he yells, I can't believe that I did all this to save you. And then he kind of covers it up with to save truly to save the kids. But there was so much animosity and I can't believe that I did all of this to save you. Like, you're such a shitty wife. I can't believe I I made all these sacrifices for you. Well, again, Janelle steps up to be her own hero because she also has been vaccinated at this point. She's not a COVID denier. Well, that's what she's saying. Look, Cody's trying to make it sound like I was a COVID denier. I followed all of the CDC guidelines. I followed all of his stupid rules, at least the ones that made sense. (laughs) She wasn't wiping her mail down with alcohol. And she got vaccinated. And I love that she was like extra sassy when she had the hoop earrings in and the, the couch footage, because this is one of the, the little bits we got from her. Oh, because I yeah, I'd love to get a vaccination status on everybody at this meeting because I'm a petty bitch and I absolutely would have thrown that in his face because I would be willing to bet that Cody is not vaccinated and probably why he had a little rough go with COVID here catching it. Yeah, it was weird that they never brought that up when they got sick. I mean, not that like they have to, but it was just kind of weird that you thought that they would say like, we did everything that we could to avoid getting sick. That's but all they it never mentioned that. That's the only thing that he would need to yell at me to have me go right to that topic at that point. Because really, you did everything 
that you could to prevent it. Right. It's shitty to accuse someone else of putting less effort into this when clearly she was doing the things that she was instructed to do to try to avoid getting COVID. But Janelle knows better. She doesn't need to defend herself. She doesn't need to take this. She's good. She's independent. I don't deserve to be yelled at or treated this way. He keeps yelling. He's like, but yeah, it's not stopping. It's no. <laughs> he's still Cody has been through hell over this. And look at you dismissing it. You don't give a shit. And it's again, this is not constructive. This is not communication. This is not talking. Robin is begging Janelle to stay here and talk with Cody. This isn't talking. No, this is being screamed at. And this is also annoying that no one else stood up and checked their husband. Of like, you are screaming at her right now and there's no reason to be doing that. No one wants to have a conversation with you. Well, even just the tone and what was being said. None of that. He was hitting things. Didn't he hit the fire pit at one point? He was punching his leg. Yeah, like that. I mean, that's scary. Stop being so aggressive. Why are you so upset? He's also acting like he was on a ventilator. Like I went through a dark time. But Janelle has to point out, yeah, if we can stop the yelling, maybe we can talk. Are we able to stop yelling at this point? Because Janelle has walked up. She's halfway to the car at this point. And Robin is still begging her to stay put. I was so bummed when she came back. Well, she had to check her watch again. Because <laughs> she probably, I do have a few more minutes. Okay. So let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Robin has to start interjecting herself more. So that Cody will remain calm because he's not able to voice his own emotions and stay sane, apparently. Well, she gets upset here because Cody says, I didn't want the boys to apologize to everyone, just to me and Robin. (laughs) Just the people who matter. So then that's when Robin gets nervous because her name is being brought up directly now. And it's like, hey, you wanted to keep talking. Yeah, she acts like she had no idea that Cody would ask for an apology on her behalf. As if she didn't complain when the kids called her and blamed her for all the rules. Like, she didn't sit in bed and cry for 35 minutes that night. Oh, man. And again, it's originally he wanted the apology. Now he just wants to clear the air. I don't think so. I think he's still looking for that apology, but he doesn't want to outright ask for it. He doesn't want to have to initiate the conversation and ask for the apology. So this is where he floats the idea, look, maybe we should just spend the holidays separate this year. And this is where Mary chimes in. Well, from my experience... The longer you leave these things unaddressed, the bigger that divide just gets. So I don't think think it's a good idea. (laughs) That's just my opinion. But she was vague enough about this where I don't think Cody even realized she was talking about their relationship. I think he was like, "Mm, yeah, that was another thing. Christine didn't address that with Mary and their relationship never got better. This is the point where everybody's talking about the blame game. Mary's complaining that everybody's been blaming Robin too much for the COVID stuff, but everybody kind of takes their turns. That's just kind of how the family operates. Each individual person goes through their rounds of being the scapegoat for everything that's wrong in the family at any given time, and they all shoulder that burden at different times. Great. Fine. If that's how that works for you, seems to be doing wonders, obviously. But Cody's COVID crutch isn't working anymore because that's been his excuse for everything was, I was so sick. I was on death's door. I was... 99.8 degrees roasting. So now he's got to lean on to his divorce crutch for excusing all of his behavior. And Janelle's kind of sick of that. And Robin's too happy to join in and present that as an option to everyone. Because as we know, Robin is the Cody whisperer. She knows all his feelings and she is here to express them to everyone else, including his wives who have been married to him longer than she has. And she tells us this is what's been going on. Cody's been rejected a lot over the past year and a half. You know, his kids rejected him through the whole COVID thing. And now Christine divorcing him is another rejection. And you know what? I think if maybe the kids hadn't rejected him at first, that whole like year and a half, then maybe the divorce wouldn't hurt as much. Or if you all would have just picked his side now, then it wouldn't feel like such a rejection too, because this is just a culmination of so many rejections. That's what's happening. So really, the root of all of this is Janelle, because Janelle pitted Cody's kids against him, and then the kids rejected him, and that made him feel bad, and then Christine left because of COVID, and now he's unhappy again. Cody, it's not your fault. You can't regulate your emotions through your divorce because your kids wore you down for a year and a half. My God, placing blame on everyone else but Cody himself. He does seem to have a moment of self-reflection on the couch where he tells us he has his own daddy issues. And now he's thinking, you know, 
I might be passing those on to my kids. And he tries to admit that he knows there's probably heartache between Gabe and Garrison and his kids as well, too. But it doesn't mean anything in comparison to his heartache. (laughs) That's what's important. He knows that there's probably some heartache. Not that I'm going to go through that whole process and try and figure out and talk to him and see what the deal is. That's not what I'm here for. No, now we shift gears to a classic Cody what the fuck moment at the end of a conversation where he just does a big what if that makes no sense to everyone. And this is where he like wonders, what if we had agreed to move to Utah when Christine asked, would we all still be together? No, you'd probably all be packing and scrambling and trying to figure out what the fuck you're doing with your lives. (laughs) You'd be too distracted to get divorced. Everyone's confused. Does this man like plural marriage still? Does he not want plural marriage? Mary's confused about what he even thinks plural marriage is because it seems like his definition is that all the wives have to be best friends and get along. Otherwise, they can't be sister wives. Well, if you're confused by that, don't worry. Cody has a really easy to understand chess analogy for you (laughs) where the king is nothing without the queen. All right. He's on the board. He's not going to do anything without the queen. Now imagine three queens, not just one. They should rule the world then, or at least that chessboard. (laughs) But they're fighting with each other. And that is what we just saw play out with Christine. (laughs) (laughs) What? Did we? Did is that what we saw play out with Christine? Also, why (laughs) I'm sorry. He's in a conversation with Mary and he still only says there are three queens. (laughs) Well, three queens now, I guess, after (laughs) No, he's not counting her. No, I don't think he counted her. Oh boy. (laughs) Because he was saying it literally, that's what we saw play out with Christine. I think Christine was playing chess while you guys were still playing checkers. (laughs) I think that's a turn of phrase that Cody can add to his repertoire. Well, he finally acknowledges that like maybe plural marriage hasn't worked out very well for us. That's an understatement. (laughs) Well, if I'm the king and then you three are the queens, the kids are the time clock. What? Anyway, Janelle tells him to work things out with the boys through a counselor. I don't know, some neutral third party, but not me because I can't be in the middle anymore. Then he complains another like Cody moment of I don't get to choose who I hang out with. The boys, though, get to pick and choose who they hang out with. They're your your kids, though. Also, do you not want to hang out with with Dayton Aurora, Brianna, Saul and Ari? Well, he doesn't get to choose. He's just at Robin's house because that's where Robin is and that's where all those kids are. So that's who he hangs out with. It like weirdly ends with him saying he's sorry to Janelle and all she says is it's okay. And then Janelle tells us that this is the ultimate test of their family. Now that Christine is gone, can they hold it together? Probably not. And apparently that is where we end this season because next episode we start the three part one on ones. And Suki is back and she has her work cut out for her i hope she's done a lot of watching a lot of tv recap catch-ups listen to some podcasts maybe i hope we're coming more ready with the questions the viewers want to hear and it seems pretty good from the onset because cody makes up a bunch of lies about christine suki asks cody if robin is his favorite which it seems like he refuses to answer Robin acts like she got stuck with Cody because nobody wanted to spend time with him. And Suki, I'm going to need you to call Robin on her shit this time. Yeah, because Christine was not cool with that. Season one, episode one. (laughs) Go back and watch it. Well, and Robin really got it easy last time because she would just burst out into tears anytime Suki asked her a question. It was the hot wings cry. Yeah. And then Cody and Janelle confirm that they are separated. My, my, my. But separated ain't divorced. It ain't divorced, but it is separated. But it's something. I'm just saying, when you don't sit with each other at your child's wedding ceremony, how do you come back from that? Your firstborn child? That's a permanent memory for your child now. If you were to somehow go on dates and fix things, your child's wedding photos are always going to be a memory of this time in your life where you were on the verge of divorce. So I think they're divorced. We're heading that way. But I guess we'll see. Step in the right direction. (laughs) That's for sure. 
Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.